Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report here on a football victory Monday. It is your boys, Dave Sturgio, Chris Gucci, and of course, A5 Anthony behind the glass here at Chop Studios. Chris, real quick, got to know something. One question, simply put. You like that? Oh, stop. You like that? Oh, oh my it. God. Oh, do I feel your good Your voice about- even cracked. It did. It did. Like Listen, Kirk just like did. Kirk. Just like what Kirk. What an embarrassment. <laughs> wow. Did the Vikings look like they were prepared for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, so anyway, there's a lot to get into today. The Cowboys obviously get a massive, massive win over the Vikings. Their biggest win, by the way, in franchise history on the road. Ever. 37-point win. Never done before. Um, speaking of the NFC East, the Giants, they showed themselves a little bit. Um, they drop a game to the Detroit Lions. Those hungry, hungry Lions have won three in a row. Uh, so that's impressive. Uh, the Jets, uh, they decide they can't move the ball worth of anything. Um, we'll get into their leader uh, later on. Uh, but that's a hard way to lose. I felt like it, it was very reminiscent of when Matt Dodge kick the ball to Mr. Deshaun Jackson back in the Meadowlands. This was the same thing. I know. I brought that up. I'm not going to say I originally thought of that. I heard that on the way in. So I will say this. That moment in time, that moment in sports history is solely responsible. Well, not solely responsible, but that got me a championship. If the Giants win that game, the Packers don't make the playoffs. They won the Super Bowl that year. Like they will, they would not have. So made the thank post you, season. Matt Dodge. This is the Matt Dodge show. Uh, and but- Deshaun Jackson will always hold a special place in my heart for that run. For that run, back. I mean, look, no doubt, the a, a miracle at the Meadowlands. This one was at the, uh, the uh, I don't know how I'm trying to on the fly like something at Gillette? Foxborough. Hmm. The game of Gillette. So, yes, the game of Gillette played out we very tried, well. We tried. We did. We tried. Well, on the fly like that, that's very hard. Uh, but anyway, so the Patriots get a very big win for their team. All of a sudden, the Jets are dead last in their division. But, again, 6-4, and four, dead last. That AFC East, something to be said for. And then, of course, we ended the night with Mahomes doing Mahomes things and too much time for Mahomes and getting the ball back and doing his thing. And, and the Chiefs are winners again. Now up two games. Plus a sweep. Taylor Swift did clean up at the AMAs yesterday. Clean sweep. Six awards, six nominations. So shout out to the GOAT there. Yeah, and also shout out to Ticketmaster for dropping that ball. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. boy. Yeah, I mean, there is Swifties out there I'm, everywhere. I am going through it. Uh, I thought you said you had well, tickets. Well, I was under the wrong impression. <clears throat> I, I just was not there. paying close enough attention to There's how that There's actually a Swift went. on this show who's completely crapped the bed as well. We'll get into that. But it's time for the top movers from Sunday, from week number 11. Top movers. Um, again, we have to start with my boy, Tony P. Tony Pollard has himself an absolute day. Uh, from the backfield, 15 rushes for 80 yards, but from the air, he catches a couple balls out of the out uh, from the backfield. Bro, it was house Tracking call. fly balls all day. A- absolutely. Couple house call track. after house call after house call. 109 yards, two touchdowns. He's up with his multiplier, have you? Would have been up 25% in one day. Tony Pollard has absolutely solidified himself as one of the better running backs in football. Not just I'm not just talking about on Dallas. Like, look, with the Dallas Cowboys right now, if I looked correctly today, the market isn't open yet as we record this, but the Cowboys have two, two of the top 16 running backs on the mojo market. I'm going to check. Incredible. Who, do you know who Pollard is in between? He is, I mean, he's right behind Kareem Hunt. And he's and look, I'm doing that off memory because I'm he has on my he's on my watch list right now, um, and I forget who's Latavius Murray. Yeah, so Murray, but, but Murray had a nice 
nice little. Yeah, he scored too. But what I'm looking at can't get rid of Latavius Murray. In no, the you NFL. really. He just keeps on resurfacing he, and having like a good week eleven. And then he's like, "All right, cool. Right. Yeah, <laughs> how many good week 11s is Latavius Murray gonna have? A thousand. Um, but what I will say is, Tony Pollard, the guys ahead of him, he'll he'll pass Kareem Hunt, I think, on the market. But then like the guys ahead of him. They're rightfully right where they're going to be. So I, I, I don't know. Look, Based off a Kareem, contract, Kareem I don't Hunt know. And Tony Pollard are, are kind of in a similar spot where I think they de- they both feel like they deserve more mm. in terms of the. Uh, That's true. How many touches they're getting in the game? We Even got though 15 I think yesterday. I think Tony Pollard kind of has established himself at this point as the guy that is going to make that offense better. I think Zeke has his role, and we've been saying this, but I think the Cowboys have finally caught on to what the public has believed for quite some time now is that Tony Pollard just he opens things up a little bit. And it allows for Dak to be able to use Zeke the right way, handing him the ball in between tackles. Friend of the Tony show, Pollard is the a man. friend of the show, told me this morning, this morning, six o'clock in the morning, by the way, five thirty in the morning. Text me, he goes, glorified fullback is Zeke Elliott, and I said, you know what? Fine. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care because this is what the Cowboys do now. If they establish the run, good things could happen. The Dallas Cowboys, if you're not well, if an we're investor, talking about fullback, like he's really not that good of a fullback. I mean, he blocks I'm well. Just, I'm just trying to find. Oh, are you gonna, really going to fire me up on a Monday? You know, Can't as far as fullbacks go, untouchable. All right, not that good. Kyle check get on out of here. It's Zeke <laughs> no. time, baby. Uh, but no, it was a great game out of Pollard. You really want to get on a Pollard now because again, going forward, whether it is with Dallas or somewhere else, which. All signs point to somewhere else. No, something's going to happen. Honestly, realistically, all signs do point towards something else. Mm, It's because there is going to be a team. He is going to be a free agent. Now, remember, the Cowboys were in a situation where Demarcus Lawrence was also on his way out, but he was like, you know what? I kind of want to stay here, so I got to restructure. I understand. If Zeke wants to stay, he's going to have to restructure. That's all. That's it. Yes. Done. But the, the the risk of that is, is that if that doesn't happen soon, the other teams are not going to wait for Tony Pollard. So Dallas yeah. may have to have something done before they're able to get a restructure done. That's a unique spot to be in. And that's they an off-season watch. They can't really yeah. afford – they can't afford to lose the running back. I'm not saying – Well, that's that what I'm saying. A lot of people are like, okay, we're just going to find the next Tony Pollard next year. And I'm like, well, eh, eh you, know, you know, they don't exist. Good luck. Uh, exactly. So, you know, not sticking with the, the best running back going yesterday in the market. Now there's, there's a little bit of trepidation with one of the worst performances – and it's somebody that we set to short already. So it's almost like a, hey, guys, we were right. And, again, we don't like to do that too often. But then again, we do. Uh, it's DeAndre Swift, man. There's something going on over there. Uh, Jamal Williams, <laughs> he texted me. He goes, by the way, he texted me, Jamal Williams leads the NFL in touchdowns. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I'm, I knew he was a vulture. And I knew he gets a lot of carries inside the five. But now there's something to be said about DeAndre Swift, who, by the way, Luke Sawhook, who is a friend of the show and obviously one of the the writers and a uh, big social media uh, advocate for Mojo, went out and said that he made a trade uh, in a, his fantasy for DeAndre Swift. And I was like, okay, why? And he's like, oh, the upside. I'm like, where? <laughs> like, where? Something's wrong here. What's broken in Detroit's running game? I don't think there's anything really ba- that well, broken. Besides, maybe him. He's the broken. <laughs> I think he's been broken on and off throughout his career, and that's been mainly the issue. And when you're not on the field and you have guys like Jamal Williams, look, Jamal Williams, he had 17 carries, 64 yards. Three I don't even think he eclipsed the four <laughs> yards per carry mark. So it wasn't Who like he was, he was carving up the Giants defense either. But 3.8. At the same time, leading the NFL in touchdowns, when you get the opportunities in this league and you take advantage of him, which is what he's been doing. I know Detroit's on a little surge right now. They won three in a row. Is that, is that my, biting kneecaps and getting dubs? The Lions won three straight games. I would say that their season is very much alive at this point. The way the the seventh spot in the NFC looks. I mean, look, if I was sitting here last week and I was talking like, "Well, the Packers have a shot," even though I really wasn't saying that out loud. 
privately in my own brain, I was looking at the standings and saying, oh, you know, if we could win this game, we'll be literally a half a game out, depending on what happens in the San Fran game. Uh, Detroit's in a very similar spot. Only the True. thing about Detroit is they're surging, and and Green Bay's not. So mm. I wouldn't say their season's over, but I think that DeAndre Swift's season as a RB1 might be over. It's the fourth game now where he failed to eclipse a 20-yard mark. Three previous to that, he didn't eclipse he a 10-yard mark. He actually had 20 yards. Yeah. That's it. So he didn't even eclipse the 20-yard mark. He did eclipse the 10-yard mark, but four straight games now where he hasn't gone over 20 yards he rushing. He did score a touchdown. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, about the future market here. How disrespectful was that that they did not give that touchdown to Jamal Williams? You could have right? went for the quadra, whatever the, well, I was going to say trifecta, but what are we, the quadra, quad, the quadrepta. He could have had four I, touchdowns. Right, right. Four he could have had four touchdowns. Could have had it, but he didn't. So DeAndre Swift. Be a little worried. I mean, we. Yeah, I'm uh, still. I'm still on the short. I'm DeAndre on the short Swift side train, too, man. I mean, this is the guy you can't. Every it, year, it's the excitement. The he has the talent, but every year we're and usually here, he's like banged he's up or something like that. And you're like, all right, well, once he gets back, you know, and he got back this year and he doesn't have done anything. There has to be a point in some in, in a player's career where like you start looking at okay, upside starts to not be upside anymore when it's just the more games that get played and he he doesn't capitalize on anything and he doesn't make good on any of this upside that we're all talking about, eventually everyone's going to catch on. The market's eventually going to catch on. I mean, this is now over a month, mm. right? And he only went down how much percent? I mean, not right. much. Not much at all because, not again, much. and if you look at it, he um, – Excuse me. Yeah, Jeez. it's just – I don't know. It's it's tough, tough sledding right now, but we're on the short game when it comes to DeAndre Swift, specifically because, A, they have Jamal Williams. <laughs> B, it's just one of those things where it's just – He'll vulture all the carries. I don't know. All right. Somebody who had himself a day last night in a losing effort because, again, Patrick Mahomes is going to Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I mean, we could have talked about him in the open and saying, oh, well, another game where Travis Kelsey scores three times. The guy is the greatest tight end maybe ever. So, like, that's just everybody knows slap the multiplier and ride it to the moon for Travis Kelsey. Another guy you might want to keep your eye on is Josh Palmer. Now, the reason why Josh Palmer succeeded last night was the fact that you knew that Keenan Allen was back. You knew that Mike Williams was back. So maybe take a little pressure off of Josh Palmer. Then all of a sudden, what do we see again? One more again, Mike Williams goes down with an injury. Somebody's got to eat over there. And Justin Herbert was finally feeling himself and finally delivering the ball all over the field for a little while. And they almost had a win. Um, again, you leave too much time. But 13, I'm sorry, 10 targets. He catches eight balls for 106 yards, two touchdowns destroyed me in fantasy football by the way but like it, it's it's are you in on a josh palmer going forward is it does does herbert now find how has he found his third guy yeah i think josh palmer's a nice fit in that offense um he's very similar i wouldn't say similar to keenan allen in the sense of where he's an elite talent because i think keenan allen is one of the best receivers that we've seen in the last decade i think so too but what he does well is he runs his routes he finds nice pockets in the defense he's not the, the fastest guy but he he has his way about him where he gets open. Yeah, when he got the, got the ball, there's nobody around him a lot. And he had 10 targets, you said, yesterday? Yes. So that means over the fe the last four weeks combined, he's got 40. 40 targets over four games. To me, I don't know how you could not be in on him on all fronts. Mike Williams came back, and that was a little – and Keenan Allen came back, and you were like, okay, so I faded Palmer. I have him in a lot of fantasy leagues. I faded him, and I sat him yesterday. I started Mike Williams in most of my leagues. Ah, yeah, so did I. I paid the <laughs> price for that, but that's not a bad move on my part. It's just – but guess what? Mike Williams now, the ankle injury is a high ankle sprain. Ugh. We just saw what so happened – another four or five weeks. We just saw what happened with Cooper Cup with the high ankle sprain. He's, he had surgery. High ankle sprains are, in some cases, more painful than a break. Less recovery time, but this is not a good injury – He's probably going to be out an extended period again. So 
being that he's been out an extended period, we saw what he's able to do with Keenan Allen in the lineup because a lot, mm -hmm. lot of what he's done has been with Keenan Allen out, and it's just been him kind of running the show. Now he has that true one across from him. I think it's almost going to be a better spot now. You could see a lot of what Mike Williams was doing in that Chargers offense mm -hmm. shift right on over to a Josh Palmer. Yeah, so look, Josh Palmer, again, offered a three-time <laughs> multiplier right now, would have been up 18% overnight. So clearly, if you're in on Josh Palmer, the sky is the limit for a guy like this because he's going to get himself a lot more reps yeah, going forward. Yeah, I would imagine Josh Palmer's month looks really good. I'm going to check it yeah, out Yeah, right check now. that. Uh, but like, like I said, Josh Palmer... The, the Chargers have put themselves in a position now where they're down two games in, in, in the actual standings to the Chiefs and now gotten swept by the Chiefs. So all of a sudden, you know, they're going to be in comeback mode right now. So they're yeah. going to be slinging the ball over the place. So and with his multiplier over the last month, I apologize That's to cut cool. you off. He's up at like 55, 60%. Oh, baby. All right. So get in on Josh Palmer. Do it. All right. Uh, another receiver who had himself a day, got himself a win, is T. Higgins. Now, it's so funny when we talk about T. Higgins because obviously he has himself an incredible day. 13 targets, 9 catches, 148 yards, right? Five-time multiplier would have been even better if you had it on him. When I look at T. Higgins, when the, when the Bengals drafted T. Higgins, you're sitting yourself, all right, cool. They just got their number one for the next five years at least. And then, oh, by the way, <laughs> Jamar Chase falls into their lap. People keep forgetting that T. Higgins is a wide receiver one. I think that the, the 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 idea now, because they have a Jamar Chase, is that Higgins is just, just a great two. He's a one. He showed it yesterday again. The absence of Chase obviously helps out tremendously when it comes to targets, but like at the same time, T. Higgins is a baller, and he keeps doing it time and time again. Yeah, and what we're seeing now is not that anybody didn't believe this already or needed to see this, but T. Higgins is fully capable of being a true number one receiver for a team because with chase out and him shifting into the number one role he hasn't missed a beat in fact he's done better yeah um 13 targets not catches nine of them um i think he had over 150 yards or approached 150 yards so you know he's getting he's stretching the field for the offense he's a big guy the thing that i find interesting here is i don't know that they're going to be able to pay both of the receivers well that's they're not and t higgins is going to come up first you run the risk because if you you could you can do this. You could say, okay, we're going to give him that fifty-year option because he's a first-round pick. They can do so that. So T. Higgins can get the fifty-year option, but then at the same time, in that following offseason, you're going to have him in his walk year, where you're going to be able to and tech. chase in his walk year. You're really? going to be able to franchise tag him, but we know what the the cost of the franchise tag for receivers is going to be. And at the same time, I don't know that Jamar Chase is going to be in the in the sense of where he's going to be down to take that fifth-year. Like he might say, hey, he might do a little more. And say, I'm not playing on the fifth year. I need the extension now. Oh, absolutely. Should. And rightfully so. So you could be coming up on a point where you have two of the top five, definitely top ten, but maybe top five receivers in football in terms of dollar amount that they're going to demand up for contract at the same time. I'm curious to know how they're going to finesse this. Oh, situation. No, oh, by the way, Joe Burrow. You know, oh, and by Joe the way, Burrow. Joe Mixon. You know, yeah, like so that well, Mixon will probably be on his way out. That's true, too. Truth, truth be told. And he got hurt again, too, by the way. But that, that also, therein lies another issue. It's like, I'm pretty sure they just locked up Tyler Boyd, so they don't have to really worry there. But the offensive line needs fixing. They can't put all that money into the receivers. And then if they it don't do listen, that. It worked for Sandy, uh, L.A., right? They got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both making 20. But the market, when they both made 20, is fine. Yeah, but now you got guys that are going to be demanding very, 30. Very different situation. Okay, you could sit here and say, yeah, it worked for the Rams. The Rams play. It's a very unique Chargers. spot. Oh, Chargers. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the Rams signing Odell last year. My bad. But, yes, and the Chargers are – they're going to struggle down the line. And, really, 
You're saying 20 million, 20 million? We're talking 30, 30, man. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. the, the, the market price so for I'm these not, guys is going to be ridiculous. I'm not, but I'm T. Higgins. I'm in the belief that the Bengals, who are typically a cheap team and a cheap they organization, are, are going to be willing to pay two receivers that much money. Where does T. Higgins end up? Because I, I have to imagine that he's the odd man out. Right next to C.D. Lamb and Beckham yeah, right. and everybody else. Dallas <laughs> might be losing C.D. Lamb at the exact same time. All right. Everybody calm down. Okay. Uh, move, I'm in a good mood. There's nothing you can say to bring me down today. <laughs> That's boy. true, though. It's very true. It's the same year. Yeah, I know. I'm well aware. I was there when I was there. Where were you when the Eagles passed up on all this talent <laughs> and then not decided to draft? Where were you when the Cowboys passed up on Justin Jefferson? Where were you where Justin Jefferson had 33 yards yesterday because Trayvon Diggs locked him down like okay. I said he would? Would you trade CD Lamb? Would. would you trade CD Lamb straight up for Jefferson? Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All 33 of those no, yards I'm can kidding. bring their ass I, right I, to I, Dallas. I say that and and jokingly, I like CD Lamb on this team. I think he's a very very talented receiver. Do I think Jay Jett is the best receiver in football? I do. Jokingly, but but locked down clamps on him yesterday. Speaking of clamps, no, that was you clamped down Kirk Cousins yesterday. You like that? Uh, speaking of clamps, okay, there's clamps on the Jets quarterback. Okay, this guy, I know that it wasn't even like contractually we had to talk good about him because it's not. If we didn't think he was going to be good, we just don't talk good about him. And that's it. We're like, hey, by the way, he's a rookie. He's our guy. He's a New Jersey guy. My man might might stink at football. He might. Be Baker Mayfield. He's becoming very easy to dislike. It's we'll very that. apparent. Very easy that to dislike. Zach Wilson is not the guy. Pal. He just does. I don't. Okay. Know, I don't know if he realized that when he was in the post game yesterday that that it was the New York media that he was talking to. You can't shut them I wonder, down. There will be. I wonder, they are blood sucking vultures. I wonder if he has any clue. None. What it's like or what it's going to be like the rest of this week and conversely this season if the wheels Bro, come off. For the nine case. for twenty two. I don't for know. For seventy seven yards. 40% completion percentage, sacked four times. Now, here's the, the 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 hope that anybody who invested money on the spike and looking, when he got back from injury, boop, off the rope. Like, everybody was like, let's get in on Zach. Here we go. And you know what? He didn't look like total garbage. He didn't. But I all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he goes little by little every week, down, down, down. And I'm sorry that if you held on to Zach looking for a resurgence, this week against Bill Belichick, you lost 70% of your money with the multiplier. That's bad news bears. You can't, until this guy gets it right, and until this guy throws a pass where you're like, wow, that was a good pass by Zach Wilson. I haven't even seen that. There was one lollipop ball to Mims on the sideline where I'm like, where was he even trying to go with that ball? Look, he's that's a bad quarterback I fully right now, anticipated dude. to see Zach Wilson struggle on Sunday, and even as bad as he did, I really did. I thought going into Foxborough, Zach Wilson was mm. going to have his hands full, oh, and he didn't. And Zach, the thing that God. really is troubling to me more so than anything is, all right, Robert Sala came out and said what he said after the game, and he said it was a dog shit performance by the offense, and totally. rightfully so it was. Then you asked Zach Wilson the same question essentially, and he was like, "Oh no, it wasn't. You know, it was fine." Yeah. Do you find yourself hold? Do you, do you hold? Do are you feel you, like you, you hold the defense? Yeah. You, you, no. 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 And now there is a little backstory. As, There's a backstory to that comment. <laughs> is the fact that him and that reporter just don't get along. That reporter. I don't know if you needed to throw that in there as a reporter. And I understand oh, journalists are trying to do oh, their job. It's his job. And look, I, 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 I get am, that I part. I'm definitely not in the in the 
realm of pro reporter. I think most of the media, in terms of how they handle these situations, are not good. But knowing what you know about the media, knowing what you know, like you have to do, a, you have to do your job properly. You have to be a professional. You don't think there's a ton of media members that there a lot should, of players do not like. It, it, it would have been solved easily. If if Zach Wilson came out and said, "Man, I let I let my team like down at today. that point, you're not talking to the media member. You're talking to the fan base. You're talking to the haters. You're talking to the Giant fans. You're talking to the Patriot fans. You're talking to the Dolphins fans. You're talking to everybody. You're talking to fantasy football owners. You're talking to the Mojo Market Report. You're talking to everyone. So take all your feelings about that reporter aside and realize that you have to handle yourself like a professional. Because guess what? It's an in the moment thing. Because I, guess I what? Guess you could in talk the moment, that. there's people in the moment that are sitting behind that press conference that are Quinn and Williams and Sauce Gardner that are saying, yeah, you damn well better owe us an apology or feel responsible for that loss because nine completions on, what was it, 13 yards? I don't know what it was. 77, but, but even that. Nine 77 100 yards. yards out of the offense total, I believe. You have to have some self-accountability. You have to be able to read the room. The room is telling you, yo, the offense looked really bad. Read that shit, dude. Yeah, that's it's tough Part of my language it's like for Zach fourth, Wilson right now. Again, if you really want to get involved with Zach Wilson, now's not the time. The time to do it was about a month and a half ago when when the hype was the how hype did, train how was did rolling. Elijah Moore look in the slot? No, I don't know. He completed nine passes. How do you think he looked? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Mims was one of them. So that leaves eight passes to go. Yeah. I just, it's a bad time. I think time. that James Robinson performance in this first game with the Jets was a little bit of wolf tickets on what this offense is going to be without Brees Hall. And look, that's the thing. Their young defense is very good at football. They're very, very good on the defensive side of the ball. You look over the offense, when Brees Hall was going, that offense can go. Yeah, it spells. And, and Zach Wilson could be the guy. Be like, all right, here, just take it looks the ball to me, and go. It looks to me like there's going to be a lot more of those types of questions after Jets games the rest of this season. So he's going to have to get better at handling. that. Can the Jets fix all this? They're six and four. And so obviously the season is not lost. But I don't know if the division might have just waved bye bye. You know, you got three teams to climb, swept by the Pats. You know, you yeah, great, feel good win against the Bills. But how much is that? So matter I don't. At this I don't point? think the wheels are done. I don't think the Jets are done. No, no, not right? by any stretch. Because their defense is really good, but you know. That offense is going to have to figure things out, and I yeah. don't know how they're going to be able to do it as it gets colder. It's rough, man. I don't, yeah. know. I don't know. Tough sledding for Zach uh, here in New York. So one more game to go, and it's Monday night football. It goes down tonight. It's the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Cardinals from Mexico. Um, for whatever reason, this game's in Mexico City, and uh, the, the international series concludes tonight. There's no more. I don't think there's any more international I, game. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, but anyway, tonight, big story, obviously, is that Colt McCoy is set to go again. Oh, I thought he, I thought Kyler was playing. I got from what I heard, Colt McCoy is, is set to go. Does obviously the Cardinals <laughs> absolutely need Kyler Murray to be in this game? But this is a bigger game for the 49ers here because they are in the thick of things. One in the NFC West, two for that seven six seat. You know, six or seven seat. Those guys uh, can play at a high level. Now, guys to watch tonight. To me, it's easy. It's the value you could possibly get if you invest right now in in Elijah Mitchell. Because, again, everybody and their mother's like, oh, CMC, that's a shiny new toy. But you saw the split the last time these guys were on the field, and you heard the coach say, yeah, that's that's kind of how it's going to be. You know, So are you in on a Mitchell, or, or are you just like splitting the difference? You grabbing both? What are you doing? I'm probably I not. I know you're primetime Kirk right now, so just no. be careful. <laughs> Look, what I do in this spot is I need one more week to see. We've only seen them on the field together once, yeah. and that could be an anomaly. I think he had 19, 19 carries to 18. Yeah, right? right Elijah Mitchell had, right one, down the had actually one more carry than mm -hmm. CMC. CMC's brought there not necessarily to be the pounded in-between tackles running back. That's going to be Elijah Mitchell, if not Debo, if they need that to be hap uh, happening down the stretch. True. 
I like both running backs. I really am a big Elijah Mitchell fan, but because of both of them, their presence, I, I need to see a little bit more. I think when CMC came over, the market reacted. Maybe they may have overreacted a little bit and expected him to just be the main guy, but there's a lot of mouths to feed in San Francisco, mm-hmm. even one more when you add Elijah Mitchell. I think they're going to run the ball a, a ton down the stretch, which we expect. And for that reason, I would say, yeah, they're probably going to both see 12 to 15 touches a game minimum. More from McCaffrey out of the backfield, but... If situation calls for it. You can't run the ball when you're down either. Yeah, for So you got to get up. You got to get up. I mean, the defense allows for them to not really be down much. The 49ers it's don't true. get blown out. So th- I don't know that their game plan changes all that often, even if they're down two scores early. I mean, that's... You know, your defense could fix things and they could tighten things up. I think up. Hopkins is a game-time decision, too. Hopkins is a game-time... This is a tough game to, to predict in terms of... a. I would say Rondell Moore. He's been really lighting it up of late. He had a really good week, especially if Colton Super McCoy cheap plays. to get him now. Fairly cheap at this point. I think that you'll see that to start to go up as we go. It's always been Rondell Moore season ever since every he single the week. <laughs> so every week is Rondell Moore season. You know that's where I'm going with this one. The backfield in Arizona is really nothing to write home about. I'm not happy about. It's just Connor, and, it, and I love the you know Benjamin the player. I didn't really like his usage over there, but man, they, they have, dumped him real quick. <laughs> who did? They, they got rid of him. Oh yeah, yeah. They, it was a surprise move. I thought, I thought he was a solid, uh, solid piece to that backfield. Yeah. But really, I'm sure that it was more like a favor. He probably didn't want to be there anymore. I don't know. I but, don't know either. But this game, I'm, I'm probably hesitant in this one. If I, I might go with a Debo play because he hasn't really been involved too much since CMC came over, and maybe they need to make him a little bit happy. But Arizona's defense is really bad. They haven't done much well this entire season. They lose a home game here, which maybe they'll get some fans there. I don't know. But I feel like San Francisco's got right more, there. more Mexican fans in San, for San Francisco. But nobody has the Mexican fan base in the palm of their oh, hands God. like the Dallas Cowboys. The, the, uh, Mexico's team. And America's team. Yeah. How many nations do we want to take over at this point? All right. So that's the So, yeah, yeah. See, um, definitely fading all of the Cardinals unless Hopkins does play. But even maybe still fading. And actually, no, Rondo Moore. Rondo Moore is my actually main play in this game. The 49ers secondary is beat up really bad. Mm-hmm. And their defense has been on a down tick lately. They did play well last week. But, yeah, I'm going to go Rondo Could Moore. good old Hook'em Horns, Colt McCoy, get it done tonight with Rondo Moore? <laughs> I we shall find out, and we can definitely go over this game tomorrow morning on the Mojo Market Report. At this point, we're going to need you to do us all a favor. Follow the Mojo Market Report and follow the entire Mojo social media. Head on over to at Mojo, and that's Instagram. That's Twitter. That's TikTok. You can also join the Discord. I was involved in the Discord over the weekend. I wanted to show everybody. I thinned out my portfolio. I did. I'm down to just three players now, okay, because I went all in, like you said, you, you advised me on this one in conversation in the office. You're like, look, just put it all on Tua. You know, he's the most underpriced guy in the entire market right now going on to. So I did that. And now, look, I want to I want to preface it that by saying Dave doesn't have a whole ton of money in there. Hey, right? whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Because my point being is that I would not really typically advise somebody to to invest all their money in one place. Oh, yeah, don't do that. I would typically advise diversifying a little bit so you don't lose all your shekels. money at once. Yeah, just but if you're just playing around and, and trying to, like, bet for the season, not really make it a long-term play, then, yeah, you could afford to go all in on one player. Oh, two is going to buy me a house at this point. <laughs> just kidding. Totally kidding. Uh, Mojo.com is the website to go check us out over on uh, the blogs. The writers there, incredible dudes over there and ladies. They're doing wonderful, wonderful things over at Mojo.com. So 
That'll do it for this show. I mean, I felt the energy today. I brought it. I brought the A game today. I felt very good about this show. Uh, I felt very good about the slate. Everybody that made us some money uh, did very well, including That's like Zach Tony Wilson. Pollard. That's how Zach Wilson felt after the game yesterday. Exactly. Too. They ask him, like, how do you feel? Friend. I feel great. It wasn't me. <laughs> I, I brought the energy, dude. <laughs> Please go check out Ghetto Gronk, by the way. Yeah, I don't no, sure I... you missed it, but oh, boy. Anyway, for Dave Sturgeon, Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. We'll be back tomorrow. Listen, short week, guys. Thanksgiving is Thursday, so we'll be back to almost preview some of the Thursday action uh, within the, the turnover. Week 12 is already here, so we'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Brrr.